0: On the battlefield, the Physician Assistant's medical support is a lifeline, enabling the troops to survive enemy fire, extreme desert conditions, and even routine coughs and colds. I'm Lisa DeAndre Linnell, and this is the Clinician's Roundtable. Our guest today is Captain Jason Lunsford, a Physician Assistant on active duty in Iraq. Captain Lunsford, we thank you for your service and welcome to ReachMD.
1: You're welcome. Thanks for having me today.
0: Iraq is a long way from Fort Walton Beach, Florida. Is this where you envisioned yourself when you enlisted in the U.S. Army in 1991?
1: Not at all. You know, when I came in, uh, of course, it was during Desert Storm. So the possibility of going to Iraq was definitely there. But shortly after I entered service, the war somewhat ended. You know, we started that peacetime army there. So... Definitely didn't think I would be back over here. I did do a little stint in Kuwait there for a while, but no, I never envisioned being over here, especially as a PA.
0: Well, what led you to pursue a career as a PA? Uh,
1: well, uh, I spent about 14 years as a ray tech in the Army, which is uh, what I was when I first came in. Came up in field units uh, my whole time, and then I spent some time in the clinic as well, uh, and then instructing at the Academy of Health Sciences at Fort Sam. And, you know, I've met a lot of PAs along the way, and I was really impressed, you know, with the the training they gave me as not only a medic but an x-ray tech as well. And, you know, I always wanted to do something like that, and I finally got around to uh, applying for the school when I was uh, instructing at Fort Sam, and uh, I was accepted, and here I am.
0: Tell us about your military PA education with the Inner service program.
1: Uh, Well, the first year was at Fort Sam Houston, Texas, in San Antonio. And I started in August of 2004. But the whole first year was all didactic training, pretty fast paced, uh, excellent program. And upon graduation from there, uh, you know, we're awarded a bachelor's degree. And then we go to our phase two clinical site. And I did my phase two training at uh, Fort Stewart, Georgia, uh, Wayne Army Community Hospital. During that second year, we do numerous rotations through the different clinics, and do have to take tests after each rotation. And then uh, I graduated in September of 2006, and that's when I came over to Germany, for my first duty station as a PA.
0: How is the inner service program different from a civilian PA program?
1: That's really a hard question for me to answer. You know, seeing that I've I've never actually attended a civilian program, but from what I have learned from talking to civilian PAs. I think the structure is a lot different as far as you know. You have your first year as didactic and all clinicals in the second. I'm not 100% certain if it's always like that in the civilian side of the house, but it's a military structured course. Uh, you know, we do show up in uniform, so you still got to maintain that military discipline every day that you're at work. But as far as how it differs, really, uh, it's a real hard one for me to answer because I just don't know.
0: Was there specialized training that you received for combat that you wouldn't get in a civilian program? Uh,
1: there, There is some specialized training uh, that I, I won't say all PAs and, and docs even go through, it, but I, I think uh, for the most part, most of them do get to go through. And they have one it's called the Tactical Combat Medical Care Course, and that's given at Fort Sam as well. I know all PAs graduating now go through it at the end of their PA school. And uh, it's an excellent course given at Fort Sam. They really teach you, you know, the fundamentals of trauma management, really what you need to know when you get out there and you're working on your own on the battlefield, as far as stopping the bleeding, you know, chest decompressions, all that essential stuff in order to uh, perform those life-saving interventions when uh, our soldiers are injured at the point of injury.
0: Describe for our audience the role of a physician assistant in Iraq.
1: Well, my role as a physician assistant over here, uh, you know, my primary role in a combat environment is really to provide that daily routine medical care to our service members uh, as well as the DOD employees over here. You know, I do this. We have a daily clinic, you know, which is what we refer in the military. It's what we refer to as sick call. We have specified times for our soldiers to come in, uh, you know, with their general complaints or concerns, and we'll either take care of them here if if we can or uh, if they need to go up to a higher level of care, we'll refer them up if that's necessary. You know, that's pretty much our day-to-day routine uh, out of our aid station. But, you know, we're also responsible for providing the advanced trauma management to our wounded casualties out here. Also, you know, this includes local national civilians and Iraqi forces as well. And we're responsible for the training of the medics and uh, combat lifesavers that we have in our unit, as well as advising our battalion commander uh, on all the combat health support operations and medical threats in the area. You know, and it's going to vary depending on what kind of unit you're in. I'm in what we call a level one facility, level one medical treatment facility, which is your commonly known as your battalion aid station. You know, you have a level two and level three, and that's level three is pretty much as high as it goes in the combat environment, and that's your big combat support hospitals that have the surgical capabilities but down here at my level uh, that's pretty much what we do and we're standing by we're ready to receive casualties if they you know if the need uh, arises And uh, we're also ready to treat the local population if we have to.
0: So what type of day-to-day things do you encounter in your clinic? Things due to the environment, dehydration, snake bites, or is it more just daily medical and routine medical things?
1: As far as dehydration, you know, a big part of our job as well is preventive medicine. And, you know, we try to tell the soldiers nonstop, you know, about drinking plenty of water. Staying hydrated. So, you know, we see some of it, but it's not as prevalent as uh, one would think. You know, a big part of that is preventive medicine for us. So, haven't seen too many snake bites over here. Matter of fact, I haven't seen any uh, for that matter where I'm at. But, see a lot of ankle injuries, back pain, a lot of stuff really revolving around kind of gear they wear. You know, we put these big heavy vests on helmets and We're carrying a lot of equipment, so you can expect a lot of knee, ankles, and and back pain and injuries. But surprisingly, I haven't seen as many as I thought I would. But we do, we see the day-to-day stuff as well, like coughs, colds, all the above. Just any complaint a soldier has, you know, they're more than welcome to come in here and uh, we'll address it. We don't turn anybody away. That's what we're here for, so.
0: If you're just joining us, you're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Lisa DeAndre Linnell, and I'm speaking with Captain Jason Lunsford, a physician assistant stationed in Iraq, discussing his experience and supportive role of the physician assistant in a combat zone. Captain Lunsford, how busy are you in the clinic, and who helps you? Do the medics play a big role with you?
1: Absolutely. We're fairly busy over here with the situation in Iraq now. You know, it it seems to be a lot calmer than it was not only a couple years ago, but even when we first got here back in April. It slowed down a bit, but as far as day-to-day operations... It varies as far as how many patients we see. But as far as the medics go, I, I couldn't function without my medics. I mean, they are really what keeps the AIDS patient uh, functioning. You know, I have a very close relationship with my medics. They are, you know, the ones that screen the patients, order my supplies, you know, the medicine, keep the day-to-day function of the aid station rolling. So really, you know, without them, they are part of my treatment team, and I really couldn't function without them. I also have some medics that are out with the infantry platoons as well because I'm in an infantry battalion. So, uh, you know, in addition to the, the medics that I have in my aid station, we have medics that are organic to each infantry platoon. And those are the guys that really go out in the sector and do the patrols, and uh, they stay with those platoons when they go out and conduct an operations And, you know, they do bring their guys in here when they get sick, and, I, you know, I also have them go through a history and physical, and I'll go through that with them because they don't get much experience in the aid station, and that allows them to get that aid station experience and training as well. But the medics are, are crucial to running this place.
0: How many medics work with you, how many PAs, doctors, and and how large is your
1: battalion? Our battalion is roughly about 700 people. Right now, we are conducting split operations and we have been since we got here. Uh, Typically, what happens is every battalion has a, almost every battalion has a PA that's assigned to them, and there is no doctor. When we get ready to deploy is when we get a doctor assigned to us, and, uh, you know, they'll pull a doctor out of a hospital and uh, it's what we call Propis, which means professional filler system. And they will assign a doctor to us for the duration of the deployment. When we got out here, we uh, actually took over two cops. My doc went to one cop, and I'm on the other cop. So I don't have a doc co-located with me. Some PAs do, but right now he's on the other cop, and we're about 20 minutes away from each other. As far as in the 8th station, I have roughly five or six medics. Sometimes, uh, you know, we'll get more in, and then we'll push them out to the line, so it varies. But usually I have about five or six medics that help me every day. And then we have three companies, two here and then two on Cahill, uh, which is our cop. And we have about five medics that are uh, organic to each company. And there's roughly about three to four platoons in each company, so... I do have another PA that works here with me. She is a PA that is part of the Level 2, which is kind of like our parent unit, our brigade And what they did, since we are a big cop and we started growing and we do have a lot more, or I'll say in in the past we've we've seen a lot more trauma than uh, most of the other battalions have. So we've been a little busier down here. So uh, they decided to send an additional PA down here to augment us and to help out. So we have uh, some additional assets. So there's two of us, and she's actually covering down on the other cop right now because my doc's on leave. But typically it's just one PA and one doc.
0: Most of us imagine your surroundings like TV shows or movies that we've seen, like MASH or Black Hawk Down. Can you help the listeners visualize what your surroundings are really like?
1: Actually, MASH is kind of representative of what it is like down here. You know, of course, you know, they have large hospital in MASH. You know, it's more like your combat support hospital with the surgical suites and all that. For us, it's a really small cop, probably not even maybe a little about a square mile large at that. But my aid station is just a small building. We normally work out of a tent, but we were uh, fortunate enough to fall in on some contracted buildings over here. So we ran the aid station out of a building now, which is nice. Uh, got two trauma beds right there in the middle, and that's where we do our sick all day-to-day operations. And then, of course, if we have uh, traumas come in, we can run two at one time. And we also have some more litters and stands and stuff that we can set up for uh, in case we have a mass casualty uh, scenario, which we've had uh, in the past. We've had about three of those since we've been here. But as far as the scenarios you see on TV, uh, it, it is. It's, it's somewhat austere. You get a lot of dirt, a lot of rocks out here. And uh, it's not very pretty, I guess, if you want to say. You know, It's not up in the international zone where you know there's buildings everywhere and and uh, set facilities like the, the Combat Support Hospital up there uh, works out of an actual hospital. the have been Ibn hospital in the international zone. So it's not like all the rows of tents that you see like in MASH. And that's pretty much it.
0: If you're just joining us, you're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Lisa DeAndre Linnell, and I'm speaking with Captain Jason Lunsford, a physician assistant stationed in Iraq, discussing his experience and supportive role of the physician assistant in a combat zone. Tell us about what happens at a Level 3 center.
1: I can tell you what I know as far as the Level 3 goes. I, I evac to them a lot, but, you know, I've never worked in one, so I don't, I don't want to be speaking out of my lane. But for the most part, you know, the Level 3 facility, they have additional assets such as surgical assets, you know, orthopedics, physical therapy. They've got a full lab, full, you know, x-ray. They've got blood banking capabilities and just the additional assets. But the biggest thing, you know, is that, that that's where they do, uh, you know, once we treat and stabilize injured casualties down here at this level, we'll send them up to a, a combat support hospital for those life-saving surgeries, initial surgeries, so they can further stabilize them, resuscitate them if necessary, and then uh, either return them to duty or uh get them back to a level four or five, which would be your regional medical centers back in uh, Germany or Walter Reed or somewhere like that in the States.
0: In civilian medicine, we treat a lot of depression. I'm sure in your setting, you see a lot of that as well as, you know, more trauma and stress disorders. How do you treat those issues?
1: We really don't treat them any differently. I mean, as far as depression, mental health issues go, I mean, we obviously were in a different environment, but we still manage them with the same kind of counseling, therapy, and medication, if you will. We do have a brigade psychologist that comes out and does rotations through our cops, and right now she works where our parent unit is up in Camp Stryker. But she'll come out when we need her to. But as far as just primary care stuff, we handle it down here. And if it's something that is above my level, I'll definitely uh, get her involved or, you know, even the division psychiatrist if need be. I'm sure we handle it the same way as uh, in the civilian side of the house. A lot of it can be dealt with with. Talking, counseling, and uh, finding out what's going on. And uh, of course, you know, if we do need to initiate medication therapy, then we will.
0: Tell us about your most rewarding experience as a PA working in Iraq.
1: I can tell you, you know, the reason why I got into this profession was because, you know, I wanted to be an Army PA because I wanted to save soldiers' lives on the battlefield. And uh, being over here for the last 10 months with the help of my medics and combat lifesavers, you know, we've had. Many situations where we've had guys come in and they were either shot or blown up in an IED, and I I really don't think there's any more rewarding experience for me than to know that uh, we stabilized them and got them out of here in time to save their lives. So that's really probably the most rewarding thing for me over here,
0: Captain Lunsford. Thank you for sharing your perspective on life as a PA working in Iraq. On behalf of ReachMD, I'd really like to thank you for your service to our country.
1: Well, thank you. Thank you for having
0: me. I'm Lisa DeAndre Linnell, and you're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM 160, the channel for medical professionals. Please visit our website at ReachMD.com, which features our entire library through on-demand podcasts. And thanks for listening.